0: Welcome to episode 50 of Story Mode, a video game podcast, the official podcast of storymodegaming.com. I'm your host, Jesse Munro, and I am joined by Simon Evans. Yo! Keelan Simpson. Hello. Joshua Cotter. Hi. And Lorne McLean. Hello. Who has cut out and I cut not <laughs> Yeah, cut out Hello. immediately. Then. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just oh, leave no. in silence. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, but, I was further. But I was further away from the mic well, than I was before.
0: What a way to bring in our fiftieth episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, <laughs> guys, if you thought we were professional up to this point, you wait. Because now we're at fifty, we can't be stopped. So we're gonna get lazy <laughs> and just stop mixing and shit. Fuck. It. You know it. No, guys, fifty episodes, crazy. Ooh, I Oh, a little round of applause. I was there for, for some of them.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Hey, guys doing? How you guys been? Yeah.
1: How's your week been? You know, that's how it is.
2: I've had mm-hmm. a very good, very good week actually. Ooh, what have you spiel. done? Um. Okay, so first Goal off, Perth, ha- well, WA has been incredibly lucky in this whole COVID situation because we had an instant lockdown um, as soon as we found out one guy, one. Hotel quarantine security guard had become sick. Um, we locked down immediately, and zero cases across the board. Like, like oh, absolutely none whatsoever, which has been awesome. And loads of people went for testing as well, so like everyone's doing the right thing and being sensible and wearing masks and blah blah blah. So that's awesome. And then we had some Final Fantasy fourteen news come out, and uh, I will be putting up an article going through all of
0: that on the website, so keep your eyes out for that. But uh, yeah, it's been a very good week for, for games in general. I like how, because you went from like, WA's had a very good week for COVID, and then you said, we have also had the Final Fantasy thing. I imagine all of WA got together around this one like town television, because they have one big TV, and they all go around <laughs> like, oh look, Final Fantasy. <laughs> um right.
2: Now I don't, I don't, I don't want to brag. You, but have one, but, see,
0: you have one hotel security guard, who you know, he did the right thing. We had a hotel security guard with COVID last year, and then he thought, i need to get my dick wet. <laughs> yeah. So, happened differently in Victoria. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, we had the same thing this week. We had, we had a guy who got it. Um, nobody else did. So, yeah. It's been a good a, a lucky time. Lucky time. Guys, mm-hmm. I want to I brag about something, okay? But <laughs> I am the king of Dartmoor in Hitman 3, and I want to bring up that it's recorded in forever memory on good podcasting platforms, and Twitch alike. <laughs> I have the 45th best run in Dartmoor in Hitman 3, and I've never 45. had anything like that before. 45th in the world. Wow. I use a cane. I don't have to use a cane. I use it because it's funny.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know if it will make my runs any faster if I don't use a cane, if I use something else, but it's funny. Uh, I use one bullet and two coins. Two coins. That's four things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two coins.
1: So, does it give you... Because st- I've... I got the star rating on the first and second level and then the third one onwards I was offline. So I never gave you a rating,
3: which is I really hate dumb.
1: I so much. Because it was like, you've gone <laughs> offline, do you want to retry And I'm like, nah, I don't really care about it. And at the end it's like, well, I'm not going to show you how well you did. And I was like, well, I, what, like, can you I know still what?
0: finished it. Like, can you still show me the challenges? That's got me a few times. I remember, I think when I did um, the Argentina level the first time I did that, I was so pissed because it took me like,
1: yeah. Ab- like, over an hour to do it. I know I'm not anywhere, like, good at it, but I still want to know if, you know, if I got some of the challenges or whatever because there's a lot of challenges to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. Each level has, like, sev- upwards of 70. Mm. It's uh, Oh, what? really? But some of them are like, oh, go through the whole level, five stars, kill everybody, and don't change your disguise. I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> no.
1: They didn't- they I leave the nothing.
0: hard challenges to... Lawn and Josh. You guys can do those things for your goddamn trophy lust.
1: Hey, you said you were gonna get the platinum.
0: <laughs> yeah, I lied. Um <laughs> I said that before I looked at all the challenges. I looked at all the challenges properly last time. Like <laughs> mm. <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> Although I did um the uh, Madru- uh the Argentina level. It's that the M. B- Mendo- Mendoza
1: Mendoza. Uh, <laughs> I- <laughs>
0: We need a Simpsons episode. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm adding that to the list. We're doing a Simpsons episode. Um, Good fun. I did it in six minutes. So mm-hmm. I think that's the next one I'm going to try and get down to. Yeah. I just went, to, I just went to a rooftop with a sniper. I just topped them both and ran away. It's still a kill. I mean, they're well, dead.
1: Yeah, exactly. And no one sees you. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, Josh, how's your week been?
1: Been all right. Been
4: all right. You know, just working away. Anything special? Um, finished up uh, playing through the Mafia trilogy. Pretty interesting. Um, I jumped into Mafia Definitive Edition. That was a big, from the ground up remake of the original, I think it was 2002 PC game. Um, it came out near the end of last year. Um, jumped into that a couple of weeks ago. Um, had a really good time with it. Uh, and then I decided to revisit um, the only other one I'd really played, which was Mafia 2, which is a personal favorite of mine from. Um, the 360 PS3 gen. Um, Have really good memories of playing that game back in... It wasn't that long ago. It was like 2014, 2015. Um, Just because I heard great things about him, and um, wanted to hop into Mafia 2. Anyway, I revisited that game. Um, Holds up. Um, Still really strange, interesting games that you don't really see much anymore. Um, And then jumping into Mafia 3... Um, they really tried to blow out that franchise and make it into the next GTA by making it full open world, and it fell on its face a bit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember when that game came mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Mafia that's 3 still, like, it. what the craziest thing is, like, when Mafia 3 came out, I was so excited for it. Um, I couldn't wait. Like, hopped into it straight away on launch day and was so let down by it. I just, like, was disgusted by it. So I really tried, Dis- I tried to give it. Disgusted. I tried to give it a really steady. fair shake this time. <laughs> um, and I went through it and um, still really disappointed by it. But at the same time, there was actually a lot of really interesting good stuff hidden in there that I'm really glad I got to see. Um, and I think, like, the development team, Hangar 13 behind Mafia 3, like, they, they have a lot of potential and they definitely have a lot of passion um, for the media for the entire medium um, as well as, you know, those old mafia games. Um, Cause like mafia three has a lot of incredible moments. Um, I just, it just sucks. That they couldn't stick the landing and they tried to appeal to the biggest audience possible and just fell straight. Mm. Like, flat really on their face. Josh,
5: I have a question about the the remake of the yeah. original Mafia. I played the original Mafia back when it yeah. came out, like a very long time ago. Dude. And I remember being like blown away by this world that they created. It was yeah. absolutely incredible because there wasn't really anything else out there like it other than GTA 3. Sure, yeah. Um, but I also remember it having absolutely nothing to do in it. It was huge, yes, but there was shit all to do inside of it
4: well that's um, it and there yeah. were
5: what, a, a bunch of other like weird like i don't know like there was weird level design uh, missions that were so incredibly difficult like that racing mission <laughs> yeah. <little freaking laughs> the- hard yeah what the hell happened there so yeah, it's did,
4: insane, did yeah. they address any of that stuff with the remake did they do anything the, about it the racing show, i played it on the standard difficulty Um, they do that because they have different difficulty modes this time around. I don't think that was present in the original. Um, and that does change the difficulty of the racing segment from what I've heard. Um, I am planning on doing a run through on the classic difficulty with, you know, all the original challenge intact. Um, and I've heard horror stories of, um, that racing (laughs) segment that lots of people talk about. Um, but playing through on the normal difficulty, um, was Pretty fine. I beat that racing level on my first try. I felt I felt myself a little bit. It was, yeah, really great. Um, in regards to the open world, um, it's still the same kind of, it's really just set dressing. Um, you're not meant to yeah. explore it. You're meant to just follow the route on the map to take you to the next location as somebody's talking to you in the car. Um, so I'm fine with that. And that's what I like about these games. I like that it's a linear kind of, you know, cohesive... <laughs> Vision um, It was Mafia 3 That Decided to blow it out Into an open world And it still had nothing To do with it It was still that They still mm-hmm. hadn't Moved past that But they decided To make it open world And the way they did that Was by making you go up To power poles Like electricity power poles And literally Put a little microchip on it
3: hmm? Wh- what? It's like to- the saboteur? Sorry? To, to clear what? a segment
4: what? To clear a segment of the map You go up to I- I think they're telephone poles and uh, you put a little chip on it and it clears a little bit of the map. It's the most boring thing and there's like so much Why? of it to be done. Why? You, have what to, you have to collect these in? little chips as well. Um, and it's three to unlock one portion of the map and it's not fun. There's so much of it and it's so dull. <laughs> it's really not So you climb so- a
0: fucking tower. Ubisoft so thought
5: like a normal person just, would. Isn't yeah. this game exactly. set in the '60s or something? Yes, yeah. like, I thought it was like
1: a. I think like Do they I have chips. The other games yeah. Yeah. they didn't have microchips. When, yeah, well, yeah, microchips true. were not a
0: thing. <laughs> Climb up to the top of that pole. Use a supercomputer to find the area. <laughs> <this> big
4: fucking <laughs> it's, fridge, it's CIA back. technology or something. Steampunk gear. They yeah. It's um, yeah, no, oh, it's, mm. it's dumb. The ways they bloated it all out is crazy. There's lots of cool mm. twists in that story though. And it goes well, in mean, a weird direction.
1: It came out it, amidst, amidst all these other open world titles that were very successful at the time and everyone kind of wanted to get more of them. Like I feel like that was, that, yeah, that was a time where open world titles kind of were really, well, I, th- I feel like they were kind of like topping out, but they were also, people were also getting sick of them very quickly. Like it seemed to be that kind of Far Cry Five kind of gameplay. It going was
4: on. kind of like it, it was.
0: was a, people wanted a GTA. Yeah, they wanted GTA. They wanted an open yeah. world, but it had to be that open world. Yeah, that's it. So when they when all these like game like Marvel like came out, it's like no 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 not that, but we want more, <laughs> but not that.
1: Yeah. But not that.
2: So uh, uh, yeah. so Josh, sorry to clarify, you were saying that you need to collect these microchips to begin with, and yeah. then you need to put them onto the- So you could well, theoretically go without. Putting any down and therefore not unlocking the map. or missing Absolutely. And not um, unlocking get, the map. It
4: does start putting you on the That's, track towards a bad ending. Um, but guess what happens wow. when you actually reveal portions of the map? It doesn't change anything about the mission you're about to do. It doesn't really mark enemies on your map or anything like that. It marks more chips so you can clear off more of the map.
0: To be fair, like, are we shocked that a game based in the 1960s that how you use computer chips attached to power poles doesn't quite make sense in some portions.
3: <laughs>
0: it's that's so bizarre. There's so many really better weird. ways you could do that. But to move on to our main topic, speaking of open world games. climbing uh, up towers. That's all right. This is, this is actually um, uh, a game. When we first sort of started um, story mode and we wanted to do like the kind of like tentpole episodes where we would talk about... Um, games in, in retrospect, like we've done like God of War and Far Cry and stuff like that. I always want to do uh, Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild as our episode 50. And it just happens to kind of coincide with the 35th anniversary of Zelda, which is February 21st. It just happily fell into that month. So the game first launched in 1986. It's an old one. He's a very old young boy.
2: <laughs> very um, old young boy.
0: But rather than talk about Zelda as a whole, I'm sure down the track we'll do, you know, um, the other Zelda games. There's many of them. There's I've only others? played like two. <laughs> there are others. The as good. Um, <sighs> we thought we'd talk about Breath of the Wild. Uh, Come in 2017, um, and went on to become one of the most critically acclaimed games of all time. I believe it has currently has like a 90. Game Metacritic's fucked, but whatever. Uh, it currently has a 97 on Metacritic, which is fairly decent, and probably one of the reasons why. The Switch is so popular. I wouldn't have gotten the Switch as early as I did if it wasn't for Breath of the Wild. And since then, I don't think there's been a game that would have made me buy a Switch. I would have been on the fence of buying a Switch, but like, hey, it was a console seller. This is like, to me, the definition of a console seller. Was it the same thing for you guys?
1: We bought a copy of the game before we bought the console because <laughs> we were worried the Jeez. game would sell out before the console would sell out.
0: I will and withhold with my statement right? until the end.
1: kind of right
4: totally sold me didn't we pre-order like $8,000 worth of stuff Simon like I said we'll we'll withhold my statement until the end sorry Josh (laughs) I totally sold me on the Switch I wasn't sure if I was even going to get a Switch at launch Um, uh, but I I did have the money put aside for it and I was like eh I don't know like I don't know if it'll really be worth it Um, and then I ended up getting one like I think the Switch launched on like a Friday and yeah I was just like that Friday afternoon I like knocked off school because I was in grade 12, because I'm a little baby. Um, and I went and picked Aww. up a Switch and walked home with it. I was very happy. Very happy with myself. Gils?
5: You got a Switch a little bit later, didn't you? Yeah, do you know. Do I strike you as the kind of person who would buy anything day one? I've done that once before and we all know. How's the graphics card going there, Chief? <laughs> yeah, I exactly. know exactly. You, tr- yes, you tried to buy stuff
0: day one and you still haven't got it yet.
5: <laughs> <laughs> my point? Exactly. So,
0: Get off so
1: your you pedestal. You? What block are you up to?
5: Um I'm on block number 1. I'm supposed hey, to get in yeah. this week. Yeah. So we'll see. A
0: regular block party.
5: But anyway, guys, <laughs> um, they're a good band. I got uh, Breath of the Wild was the first Great. game that I played on my Switch, which I bought in
1: 2019.
5: Ooh. Um and Simon, go on. <sighs> okay,
2: so um when it was first announced, um Obviously, it was a Wii U title initially, and then they sort of expanded on it. And then we got, obviously, that huge trailer, which uh, was playing a little bit over the stream. Um, That's when I was trying to make my YouTube channel a thing. And I, shit you not, I spent ages crafting a hour and 14 minute long dissection of that trailer.
0: Oof. It's true to me. Ooh, we can it, re- we, we can still use it. <laughs> <laughs> content, um, dude. content.
2: <laughs> I walked in and um on, on release day, which yeah was the 3rd of March, which was actually a Friday, I did just double check. And um mm-hmm. It was raining. I remember well <laughs> I was <wearing> my <laughs> I, Well, no, I remember the fact that I was the first person into EB games. I was the fourth person to leave because I just had that much stuff. You because bought-
0: you typically don't like Nintendo stuff.
2: Oh, yeah, crazy. Uh, <laughs> <got> a- yeah, <laughs> got well, uh, can't- uh, whatever, <laughs> you can sort of see. it. Good enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like, it was. it was one of those situations where it was like, okay, look, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to take the chance. And I remember being a little bit skeptical as to how well the Switch would perform, especially considering I was one of the eight people that owned a Wii U and loved it. And got, you know
1: it's got great functionality.
2: Oh, it's got it was a great concept. It was just kind of poorly executed and poorly marketed, <laughs> but that's a story for another day. Kinda. <laughs> yes. Um so I bought all of the amiibo, I bought the special edition of the game, which comes with a Master Sword statue. Obviously bought the Switch itself, uh, bought another set of Joy-Cons and bought a case, a carry case for it. Um and yeah, well. Busy looking something over, but yeah, you can sort of see the uh, the master sword
0: up there.
1: Whoop. So, Hang so on. can you so show like... it again? Show it again. <laughs> you missed it.
0: Yeah. There it is for our hey, for our one. audio listeners. There is a master sword. next. To, <laughs> actually, pretty cool. I want
2: <laughs> next to the rupee and Zelda. There is a master sword.
1: Yes, I can see the rupee. Perfect well,
3: perfection.
0: When well, it first came out, like my my partner loves Zelda. Like she's got like Zelda tattoos and stuff like that, and really awkward oh, because I really hadn't given the f- I didn't grow up with Nintendo, so it wasn't really part of my gaming, you know, cycles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I remember watching the trailer for this and I'm like, oh, this is different. This is open world, sort of reimagining off um, everything. And I just got caught up in the whole swell of people getting excited for it. And I remember, yeah, that Friday, um, her and I kind of walking home with our Switches and our, our game. We kind of came home. We just laid into it and I played a lot of it. I think I've got like 250 hours into it.
1: was. That's what I I'm would. still.
0: I was still finding stuff that I haven't, um, like I didn't know about. But before we get into that, let's um, let's kind of decide, dissect the good and the bad. So let's start with the good first. I feel like we're going to lean heavily towards the good. It is a very, very good fucking game. What are some of your favorite parts, Josh? We'll start with you. What's something that really stood out to you? And made made the special.
4: Um, so we touched on it a bit before, um, but. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of open world games at all. Um, they don't appeal to me. I see them all as kind of Mafia 3 clones where they all these <laughs> empty barren worlds and they fill it in with a whole bunch of useless shit. Um, and I felt like that before I started going after 100%ing every game that I played. Um, I just found them overwhelming and obnoxious and um, had very little in the way of actual environmental detail um, or authorship, (laughs) I guess, like a lot of it just felt procedurally generated. Um, But Breath of the Wild um, wasn't the biggest fan of it. When I first picked it up, I struggled to get into it, Um, had the same kind of open world pains, but the open world really grew on me when I did revisit the game later in the year, where I felt like there was enough activities littered throughout the environment that I never felt like there was dead air or wasted time, you know? Um, There was never huge stretches of land that I was traversing and not obtaining anything or not getting anything out of it. It was very purposely crafted that world. But
0: do you think your, your initial criticism of the open world was more due to gaming as a landscape at that time, because there were so many other open world games and not a criticism of the game by itself. It was just, you are tied off the oh. whole concept.
4: We'll get into it a bit in negatives, um, but I feel like a large okay. part of it does still hold up to, Like, my initial critique still holds up quite a bit in my mind, Um, especially having gone through the majority of the game now. Um, I just, I feel like it's lacking in character. And while it does have a bit of authorship over it, I feel like a lot of people were trying to talk up that it had all this lore and there was storytelling, environmental storytelling, and there really isn't um, compared to, like, any, uh, what do you call it, immersive sim uh, any like Bioshock or Deus Ex or even Dark Souls or any other From Software game, you never walk into a room, see a corpse with a hole next to it and be like, Whoa, did they get thrown in through this room? No, there's nothing like that. It's all just like the, the stuff's lit around the room without any real rhyme or purpose. There's no reason this book is sitting here or this sword. We'll get to that. We'll get there.
3: Kill,
0: what about you, mate? <laughs>
5: You um, give.
0: I don't know Simon for me. Give you though.
5: For for me, there's one thing that encapsulates everything I enjoyed about um, Breath of the Wild as a whole, and that is Eventide Island. It was. That was what um, I was going to say as well. Yeah, that was my so, one. Sorry to steal anyone's thunder, yeah. but like one of the most perfect the most,
0: levels in a game ever.
5: A hundred percent. It was just perfect. That because that level took all of Breath of the Wild's strengths. And it just said, "Here's this little playground for you to go into with absolutely nothing, and you've got to achieve these goals however you see fit. Just go mm. and do it. Just make it happen." Mm-hmm. And well, that the was the cool thing a games can do
0: is take your stuff away. Yeah, I remember yeah. when I fell, I fell in love with. I think it was Destiny Two. There's a part where you, you have to find your pistol, and then you have to go through the whole level with just your pistol. I'm like this is cool. I'm appreciating everything now because everything's stripped back.
5: Yeah, I exactly love it. And um, I think. Um, I was going to make a point about um, Eventide Island again. Oh, yes, the weapon situation. So, a lot of people talk about, like, oh, you know, destructible we- weapons, they break, blah, blah, blah. But Eventide Island proves why that succeeds and why mm-hmm. it's good. Um, it's so fun to just be like, to have to plan things out and be like, okay, I've got two sticks and I've got this other thing here that I've got to use all these things to beat this giant rock monster thing. Oh, how am I going to do this? I man, that is incredible. It was awesome, uh, and that to me, once I played that, I realized like this is a great game. There's a lot of that missing from the rest of the world, though. So I do agree. I think it highlighted
0: one of the cool things about the game was the experimentation with all the items you have, they all interact with each other. Like when you're in like a hot area, if you drop some meat on the ground, it cooks. That's cool. And it doesn't, the game doesn't tell you that. If you're in a cold area and you have your flame sword out, you're not going to get cold because you're next to a flame. If you throw a, uh, a bo- you know, you launch one of your bomb arrows, um, in the rain, it's going to fizzle out. Stuff like that. It's these little like context sensitive things you can do. And I think eventide Island shows it off perfectly. Just how like he's, he's an area where a lot of things interact with each other you know, work it out yourself. I love hearing p- different people's version of how they defeated that area. Because everyone has a slightly different way to done it. I just spammed it with bombs because I'm weak. <laughs> and then throw a <laughs> rocket. Up. But it worked and I had fun with it.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> that's it. Lon, how about you? Uh,
1: So I'm probably the one here that's played um like the least of it. I've, but I've played the least of it, but I've still put in probably over 50 hours' worth of it. Um, look, <laughs> I really enjoy open world games. So I, I I am very much a fan of of open world games in general. Um, and so this was a giant sandbox for me, and I loved that part of it. Like I absolutely loved kind of, um, you know, they kind of they point you on a path at the start to... Uh, get the glider to then kind of jump over the, the giant wall to open you up to the rest of the world. And after that point was, it was just, I just loved it. I loved it so much, you know, running around. I, I, I was very disjointed as well though. I was telling Josh the other day when we were talking about it, um, cause I just restarted it just to kind of get a feel for it again, just so I could um yeah, just so I could kind of understand my feelings again about the open world of of it. Because to be honest the sandbox part is the only part I really like about it. Um, but that's just me. That's just me. Uh, but yeah, the idea of, of having to go through and, um, play it the way that everyone else wanted me to play it was really off putting. Uh, so, I mean, I played it for hours and hours, like I said, and I remember one of my friends came down, um, during E3 a couple of years after it was, it was out. And I like, I was just playing it again, just kind of, um, give you another go and he was like I can't believe you haven't gotten X yet I haven't forgotten what it was um, and I was like oh it's fine and he goes no 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 you have to you have to go get it and I understand like yes I did <laughs> you know I, I'd probably done one of the um, what are they the animals the ancient animals or whatever uh, divine the divine beasts ups. yeah divine beasts <laughs> yeah. I had um, done riches. like one of them uh, just kind of of my own exploration which I loved but yeah just um I remember getting kind of pushed towards doing some story missions and I kind of fell off it, but the open world part of it, like you said about the contextual cues that you don't quite get until you get them. I loved that. Any game that has that yeah. net is like, is a, is just such a great title. Like, you know, um wondering, okay, there's a, there's a fireplace down there that I can't get my torch to in time. If I light an arrow on fire and shoot it at it, will it light? It does. Well, imagine that. Well, now I know what I can do to like curse, uh, course through the environment in my own way, you know, and um, like lighting lighting something on fire and running with it through a cold area so you don't get cold, but you only have a certain amount of time to do that. Like that was... That's definitely my favourite thing that this, this game has done. And, like, obviously a massive open world. Like, as much as I do get overwhelmed by it, where I don't really know what to do next, that is still my favourite thing when I it comes to these kind of games. I agree.
0: Definitely. When we were researching this episode, I was looking at a few, like, lists of, like, oh, did you know you could do this in Breath of the Wild? And I was finding out stuff that I didn't know yet. 250 <laughs> hours in, I didn't know that those goddamn Lizalfos, Lizalfos, Lizard Boys, could catch a boomerang when you throw at them. If you throw a <laughs> boomerang at them, they catch it.
2: Yeah, well, not the, the hard way.
0: Uh, how do I not know that yet? It's insane <laughs> the amount of detail. And it's like, it's good. What's a dumb way to put it? It's like object math. <laughs> this object <laughs> plus this object equals this, you know, resolution. Oh, and it's really frustrating since I played that. Oh my god, we need to talk about the cooking.
4: It's really <laughs> oh, the um, cooking man.
0: <laughs> annoying when you play games since then. You play stuff and it's like, oh, you know, you need to set this campfire up. It's like, oh, can I, can I use the. The torches on the wall. No, they're part of the environment. You need to find one specific way to do it. Mm. It's dumb. And also, just another thing, when games are like, oh, there's a wall, you need to go, can I climb it? No. <laughs> Why not? I can climb everything. <laughs> this little blonde boy can climb everything.
5: Ugh. Anyway. it's um, It's really interesting. Sorry, before you continue, just on that topic, no. it's really interesting that... I don't know like especially the way when you hear someone describe Zelda and its systems it's like one of those emergent sims that that Josh was talking about earlier like it's very very similar but it's it's not at the same time and I think like that loses a lot of people perhaps
4: I know it lost I feel me. like it has a lot of those elements almost kind of like tech demoe style and mm. then it just kind of like doesn't have any actual scenario for you to make the full use of it everything to kind of make your own way through. Like when, when I think yeah. of like Metal Gear Solid five and it's like, there's like 20 different ways to get into this camp, have fun. So that's cool. That's fun. It feels like I didn't take yeah. all these different routes or I can just drive in there guns blazing. But in breath of the wild, I felt like, you know, I could glide off this cliff into this Bokoblin camp, or I can just, you know, run in, shoot this guy. He's going to drop a torch that lights the grass and fire and so on and so forth. There, there wasn't really any I don't think there was another the experimentation in combat. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. With it's more like when you find something weird, you can kind of fuck around with it. Like when you learn that you, know, you can use your magnesis on an item, um, hit it a bunch of times, stand there, and then just fly across the map.
1: Yeah. Mm. That's
0: pretty cool. You can stand yeah. in a, a block and use magnesis and fly around and shit like that. I, I like that type of stuff. Um, stasis. Yeah. Stasis, yeah. that's the one. Now, before um, we get into you, Simon, because you may actually come talking about this game, um, <laughs> I, was going to, I was going to have my discussion on the weapon-breaking system as my favourite part, because it is. But I know it's very divisive within this group and within the game community as a whole. So I'm going to hold off on that. We'll talk about that as a separate thing. I want to talk about something I really like in this game. That's Tarrytown. Town. Oh, yes. complete, Like Eventide yes. Island, it felt like a completely different portion of the game. Tarrytown is a town you make yourself. You'd help these, like, uh, architects who are just like, oh, you built a house, you know, you helped us out, blah, blah, Let's go build our own town. And then you go around doing jobs for people and bringing them into town and um, eventually becomes a really good place where you can get some really good armor, really good weapons, ammo, blah, blah, blah.
3: Ugh.
0: It becomes a nice little hub. And I've, I've never felt, I don't want to say ownership, a, a, a connection to an area in the game like that because I'm like I, I, I built this also it's it looks so dramatically good. different to everywhere else mm. so it actually feels like oh no they just built this like this yeah. is new everything else is ancient yeah, this is right. new and it had this weird, weird like art deco feel to it also there's a, really, there's a particular armour you can get from a salesman who walks through there I blanked it but it was cool hmm. I want more stuff like that I love town building in games when it's not totally. tedious like I hate like you know, base building and fallout and stuff like that. I find that so mundane and tedious. Just kind of like, let me do missions and let me just see the progression of those missions. Um, that's one of the things I really like. Um, and I also just want to give a shout out to the cooking. The cooking mechanic is so ridiculously okay. fun. Ugh. Um, I like how they even make failure fun with that little like chime in of, uh, of music. <laughs> when you make bad food and it's like inedible, or you just like throw up from it. Uh, but the meal is like, like, so fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> it's, so ugly. it's that it's bad. It's yeah, pixelated. like how it's pixelated. Like you cooked a bunch of like Japanese pornos. Everything's <laughs> <laughs> pixelated. <laughs> like, what did I make? Just a monster's cock. That's all you made. You boiled it. Um, do they're, they're, they're my my things. Um, also, just a little chat too. Just random shit in the game. Like, when you go to the Gerudo desert, there's these big fish monsters. There's no real rhyme or reason for them. They didn't have to be there. They're just there. So the first time you see one, it's like, okay. this Suddenly everything feels a little bit more natural because you're seeing some creatures live in certain areas. They don't have to have a rhyme or reason or be part of a mission. They just live there. You sometimes walk around, especially to the north, you find these massive skeletons
3: that
0: Zalfos is having your camps in. It's like, what was that? The first time you saw a dragon in that game, oh. you're just running around in the rain, and you see this big yellow streak in the sky. And it's like, do I fight that? Yeah. And then it's kind of like, no, they're good, but also you need to blow its tooth off. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, that sort of random shit really, really got me. Also, the the big babes who live in the springs. Ah, uh, the I fairies. Didn't, oh. I didn't find one of them. Also. They could be on this podcast because they are oddly horny. Um, oh, yeah. They were the original Resident Evil Tall to Um I didn't find one of them until like 100 plus hours into the game. So oh, I you were just walking around with
2: unupgraded armor. What?
0: Look. Look.
2: Oh, my Shut Lord.
0: Up. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Yes. Okay, I was.
2: Okay, but what, what sort of confuses me there, I guess, or I guess uh, something that's highlighted there is the fact that when you first go to Kakariko Village, you talk to Impa, and she pushes you towards. Oh no! The fairy know. fountain. She suggests was that the old like, one. Yeah, the, the she's old on like, oh,
0: No, I'm not listening to her.
1: But it's a giant sandbox, you know. Yeah, You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, so, of course, you know, it, it, it's was, player
2: agency, and yeah. you can decide oh, yeah. whether or not you go there. But she does encourage you to go there. She says, "Like, hey, there is a benevolent fairy spirit that might be able to help you."
1: And you're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. where are the horses? And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm just like,
0: yes, and I have a sword. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Like, you want me to show you the crazy craziest- like
1: skeleton arm? Like, just. See? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, wake up, waking like, up Dang. on the plateau, waking up on that plateau, which is really, really. That's a really cool way to show, um to introduce the game. It's like, oh, yeah. well, but here's a very small section, show you what you can do. I like how you can get your ass kicked on the plateau as well. There's a big rock boy. Um, but you do all the and shit, that Guardian. Uh, it, it empowered me too much. So I went up <laughs> to Impa, and she's like, oh, go fucking visit my, my my busty friend who lives in a river. I'm like, no. I'm going to cook some fish <laughs> on a on a rock in, a, in a, next to a volcano.
5: You know, Jesse, no. in my research for this episode, I stumbled across a website, which you may have heard of, called commonsensemedia.org. Oh, I not yes. familiar with that. The-
0: Common sense, no, I'd not I'd not. Oh man! And that. there is
5: some brilliant shit on this website. I implore you, if go and read up reviews that people have submitted for your favorite, like uh, movies, video games, all that kind of stuff. And I've got a review here complaining about the busty fairies inside of the hot springs <laughs> as well. <laughs> you know, parents are not happy about this, guys. I can't Do believe wanna... Nintendo's done this.
0: Look at the help! They're helping my. Pu- they're helping. P- People go through puberty quick. (laughs) Like, oh, like little Jimmy, do you remember like you know, when you you first started to realize like, oh, you know, hey, I'm attracted to people. It's like, yeah, I was playing Breath of the Wild.
4: Yeah, Miyamoto Mm. took me by the hand and he dragged me through puberty. Hey, look, look, as a kid growing up on Zelda, it was
2: the great fairies in Ocarina of Time. No, man, those those things are terrifying.
4: They, they could take
2: my eyes out any day.
1: Oh God,
4: they're so <laughs> All right.
2: in
0: the of time All right, let's um. Everyone step six feet away from Simon because who knows what's about to come out of him. <laughs> Simon, <laughs> what did you like about the game? Um, what didn't you like about the game? Now, what did what did you, what did you like?
2: Look, about in about? in short, I liked pretty much everything. Um,
1: <laughs> well, turn it off. Let, we're done. Come
2: yeah, okay. let's it it, just wrap it wrap up. Massive, we're done. Massive, just everything. Mold,
0: like hundreds of an hour long game.
2: Of oh, the like world.
0: In short, I like it all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, no, so it was. I've always, va- I've always been a huge Zelda fan. I grew up playing Ocarina of Time, and Ocarina of Time was always my favourite Zelda game, forever. And then Breath of the Wild came along and just snatched the title away. Like just, it's still a bit of a toss up. But Ooh. I just, I adore the amount of freedom you get given and the amount of creative solutions there are to solving puzzles and the amount of uh, mechanics that, yes, you can abuse if you want, but even if you don't, they're still ridiculously fun to make use of. I have to disagree with you, Josh, in the sense that there wasn't any environmental storytelling because that is where a lot of the storytelling actually did come from, although it wasn't necessarily quite in the way that I think you might have wanted it to be, which is Mm. a perfectly valid complaint um, in and of itself. Like, that's fair. But I just... Like, for example, there were certain ruins that you could walk up to, and it's a one-to-one replica of Lon Lon Ranch from Ocarina of Time. It's just a oh, dude, disarray. don't get me
4: started, though, because they like, do that for, but- like, every location in this game, but then it's never <laughs> a specific interpretation of Lon Lon Ranch, because Lon Lon Ranch wasn't, like, geographically there in the world wasn't geographically there
2: no they're just
4: pulling from like every zelda game and it falls nowhere in the timeline either blasphemy simon blasphemy no
2: i have no because i think the timeline's bullshit anyway (laughs) we're not gonna get into that (laughs) the timeline's complete wank anyway um but that—that's what I appreciated about it was the fact that it was just one of those things. It's like, cool. Here's a love letter to totally. everything Zelda. Here is here is your love letter. Here is everything we love. Here is everything you've ever enjoyed. Just it. Just like it's just. I think the nicest way of condensing and uh, yes, some of it was maybe a little bit heavy-handed, but overall it was pretty good. Just like a hey, what do you think about this or that and. You know, some, sometimes it would be something as small as, hey, there's a tree on an island with two rocks next to it. And if you move a rock, hey, there's a core rock. There's a core rock there because of the fact that if you move that one rock in Zelda 1, that would be the entrance to a dungeon.
0: Yeah, Fuck like, it's that. Just shit Sorry, right, real quickly. Just quick. shit like that. You I'm just like, make, fuck, that's so good. You my eyes for the things that pissed me off in this game because I kept finding these like points of interest. Things that look like they could be something like... That island, I know the exact one you talked about with the two fucking palm trees <laughs> and the rock in the middle of them. I look looking I'm like, that's odd. There's going to be something interesting over here. You go over there, <laughs> little tree pervert living underneath the stone,
4: have a stone. And you're poop telling poop me that's an trouble. easter egg
0: from another game that I have to play. Nah, I'm out. <laughs> little tree Fucked pervert. Is, little, these tree little fucking <laughs> little, little leaf l-
5: demon. I- your impression, Jesse. <laughs> <Chef's> kiss. <laughs> ah, yeah, so
3: much.
0: I collected so many, that I found out what they give you. Like, oh, uh, just kill me next time. Uh, just punch me in the in the neck. Next time. <laughs> what a what a rip that's off. To that's like, too I,
1: I that like, I yeah okay. You never mind. I was gonna say yeah. <laughs> like fi- finding out what what it gives you or like the the lack of excitement that you'll get by getting what is it 100,000 i don't even know 500 there's
4: 900 or something dear. but you only have to get like 700 to get the
2: poop
0: oh that's that's all dear. it's fine that's all just the Actually, 700 that. that's the reason i think, it was oh, I think, I think reason. it's I it
2: was about 500
4: it is 500. fun though to walk
1: past an area you like <laughs> you're like running straight forward and then all of a sudden you just like there's something <laughs> i'm sorry that's that's what i was talking
4: about where it's like there was always something to do something to keep you on your toes like there was no reason to completely zone out and watch netflix while you played it you know yeah yeah
1: fuck those games man i want to watch netflix i want to listen to a podcast i mean totally
4: totally i just thought it was really refreshing (laughs) after playing you know a million open world games oh yeah just
0: a shout out to the chat we scotsman uh we have to start calling them corverts Half Korok. <laughs> Those poor K- Koroks.
4: <laughs> cool, They're cool, the yeah.
0: worst. Like you said, there's 999 of them. If they can live underneath a stone, you would assume that that stone can't crush them, correct? They they lived under there comfortably with their little leaf. I don't know what's underneath there. I was. Couldn't they have helped me at any point? <laughs> couldn't they have <laughs> Could they rise up and form some sort of big. Like, you know how like, a bunch of small fish will make a big like, school and scare off. The,
1: Bigger fish? Washi-washi. <laughs> yeah, like Washi-washi the Pokemon. Wishi
0: washi the Pokemon.
4: <laughs> I was so happy when I first found a Korok though, just because I love Wind Waker and I thought it was so cute to actually see yeah, the homies can't. again.
2: And also, this is the other thing again, is that it, it's calling back to, I guess, every major point in Zelda history up until Breath of the Wild. And in and of itself, yeah, if you're not, Massively into Zelda, it kind of gets lost, and you'd sort of lose out on a lot of the charm. And I, I get that, and I appreciate that as a legitimate issue for people that don't have the same passion for Zelda. That there's always like
0: Easter eggs and a an like that. Like thought Solid has Easter eggs all over the place, but like that's the thing. Fair like,
2: um, th- there's just so many of them that I do feel like the open world itself can get kind of um minimized in its experience like in its impact and its experience because ah you wander off to this like fun little point of interest here and hey wait a second this point of view looks very similar to the same point of view that you had in um the skyward sword when you stood up on top of a particular mountain or whatever and, oh wow that's really familiar to you know this part of ocarina of time or whatever and a lot of that is lost if you don't have the prior knowledge.
0: So what you're saying is they're recycling maps and it's just lazy level design. Oh. Mm, interesting.
2: No, because this isn't Far Cry <laughs> and Far Cry
0: Primal. <laughs> Disgusting, Jess. Oh! Oh! I love it. That was I am playing Breath of the Wild that Primal. That was a
1: good implementation in Tear map design because that was 10,000 years previously to the game. Get them okay? on. Can you Get them. Whatever the hell you want or-
0: Hey, Lauren, remember that time in Far Cry you picked up a rock and there was nothing fucking underneath it? except some leaf dude having a wank. Goddamn Corvo. You're just jealous because he didn't invite you to join in, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Invite me
4: in. I helped you. <laughs> Let me have a wank as that's a, well. That's a big rock. There's room enough for two. <laughs> so, like, talking about the Koroks, though, I, if we can, can we lead into like. I feel like the the whole conversation we had about Koroks leads into how unsatisfying I feel like the game is with its rewards, like like for progression. Um, So much of the joy in this game is about playing around and you get all the tools from the beginning um, and it's fun to uncover those Koroks, but you never get anything out of it, you know? There's never a good reward. You never go down a well and find a lens of truth or, you know, something that really, like, Rejuvenates you to continue with your journey. It's all just a plateau, if you will. Hey. <laughs> oh, I think,
2: I think, oh, like, I agree with you overall. Because yes, you you're given because of the fact you're given all the tools and the equipment to begin with. You're like, hey, here's all the stuff. Go have fun you don't get the same satisfaction as you do in other Zelda games where it's like, oh, man, I know that I need to come back and do this puzzle when I've got the necessary item. And then you go get the item and you're like, fuck, yeah, now I can do that thing I saw 15 yeah. minutes ago. And like, "Ah, oh, sweet, this is so cool. Like in, in Wind Waker, um, when the cyclones would appear and you don't have a bow yet, so you yeah. can't hit the... Frog creature in the middle. Away. She's sat there trying to throw your boomerang at it. Like, please fuck off. And then it's like, oh, well, you can't do anything about him at the moment. And then you're like, uh, all right, okay. I just kind of really got to avoid him. Yeah. Then you get the bow and you're like, all right, bitch, you're mine. I'm going to fuck <laughs> you up. Yeah. I think yeah. that's
0: kind of an interesting balance that they struck in this game. At no point, except for when you're playing the story stuff, To me, the open world adventuring is a 15 out of 10. The story itself is a 4. That's why the game's a 9 for me. Is there a story? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We'll get to that in in our complaints. But I think because there's like a lack of story, at no point do I feel like like the hero. Like, okay, there is an item that I need to pass this area and I'm the only person in the world who can get it because I am the hero. I'm on the hero's journey. In this game, you feel more like an adventurer. So you're finding the same things over and over again, and they kind of make sense within the world. It's like, okay, I'm going to keep finding this electric sword. It's not the only one in the world. There are a lot of these. Some enemies will have similar stuff. I like that. You kind of feel like an man to an extent. We'll hold off complaints about the storyline because I feel like a lot of us have complaints about it. We'll hold off to it, like when we complain about the game. I
2: will defend the storyline.
0: We'll, we'll mute you. Um, <laughs> we'll, start talking about, we'll start talking about Far Cry Primal storyline because right. they're, on, they're on par with each other. Um, no, wait, Far Cry Yeah, Ports. you know, you're
1: right. Um, I'm going to lay into it.
0: But, okay, another, <laughs> another, thing want, another thing I want to bring up that I, we haven't brought up. Actually, there's three things. The music, really good, but different to the Zelda music I know of. It didn't seem... yeah. I don't find it as many people just like, oh, have you heard this track or this track? Like people do with other Zelda games. It was a different composer for memory, wasn't it? Mm.
4: I believe so.
0: Hmm.
4: Well, that it's just, it's, that's uh, one of those things where like, you know, I play a Zelda game and I expect my blood to get pumped up, you know, and get real hyped up by like the overworld theme. And I do like that they try to do something different, plays into the themes of the story and where this world's at and all that stuff. Didn't quite jive for me.
2: Um, And I guess sort of on that note as well, talking about the self-referential stuff that was in this game, um, there was a lot of that with a lot of the themes as well. Like the general overworld theme when you're walking around is actually a super slowed down version of the Zelda main theme. And then same thing when you're riding a horse during the day, it's a super slowed down version of, um, I think it's Epona's song or Epona. Yeah. Um, opponent's song. It's just super slowed down and spread out and a bit more sporadic. And it's very
0: clever. It's very good it's sound design. It's just not a good soundtrack. Yeah. Um, sorry, you brought That's up a something one. very interesting. Lauren.
1: Yep.
0: Horse riders. Can you rate the horses? Breath of the Wild. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's the horse they're actually. Horse
1: they're actually pretty good. Um, hey.
0: Even the skeleton I, one? I,
1: huh? Even the skeleton
0: horse? Even the skeleton, horse?
1: skeleton one. He's pretty cool. I don't know. Like, I mean- Look, they're good, but because they are cartoony, they're good cartoony. You know, if I was to put this up against like Red Dead Redemption Two, it's kind of like well, obviously like Red Dead Two, kind of well, like it's a. The Zelda the horses, horses don't even have you know?
4: testicles. Like
1: they don't have testicles. <laughs> it's a baby skin. Really... Yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ, <laughs> <gosh>, guys. <laughs> no, they actually they do stack up very well. They stack up very well. But yeah, I do think it is because of the cartooniness of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even
0: I, I was a big fan of um, the different like the Please special horse you could my get. My articles,
1: <laughs> my variety of <laughs> articles on horse physics.
0: The, um, don't. The I I, re- I was a big fan of that big horse you could get. You get it I was like all right, that's pretty cool. Boy. Then I'm then I'm like oh, no, I don't give do a shit anymore. <laughs> Go away. I'm gonna ride a moose. Um, the another thing I want to bring up is how did we feel about shrines? So the I shrines kind sort of, of took place off the, the temples.
5: And there were I just them. hundreds of them. I want more. Oh, Simon's in like pain. You just made a you made a mm. game full of shrines. I'd buy it and love it.
0: I wish the D- if the DLC was a hundred more shrines, I would have bought it. But instead of like there's a motorbike now, I'm like, what?
5: Yeah, <laughs> <Sorry."> the motorbike. <laughs> just, just what they should have done is American warrior top, wear, way Warrior style. Just here's shrines. Yeah. Here's another just shrine.
1: Shrines. There's another shrine.
3: Ooh,
1: Everyone the shrines. All the I, shrines. Like,
0: Seeing people speedrun shrines is like crack. Hilarious. So fun. So funny. It's like crack. It's so fun. I meant to say it's so addictive and fun. Don't
4: do crack. (laughs) Did you guys find um, the aesthetics for them a bit, you know, plain, a bit boring? Reminded the alien station from Jack 3. (laughs) Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Totally i sorry, just to- that Vega just comes to, um, out, there's some little Otzels and shit. Just to off,
0: when you guys are like, oh, you've yeah, got a long, long ranch, but it's destroyed. I'm just like, oh, it's like that part in Jack 2 when you find Samus's hut. Yeah, wow. dude. But I chose not to say it because I'm like, I'm going to sound like a fucking idiot. But, but anyway. Um, so I,
2: I guess just sort of uh, like on, on that note, like shrines, I have very mixed feelings about shrines. I love Zelda dungeons. I love how- Clever they are, and how well designed they are, and how yes, although perhaps sometimes the solution is really simple, it makes you feel empowered, it makes you feel like you've like ah, you're a smart cookie, aren't you? Look at you doing the thing, and mm-hmm. I like that obviously serotonin rush that I get it's like, oh, fuck you, I're the clever boy, I did the thing <laughs> <laughs>
3: <That's
2: true. laughs> shrines were a very condensed form of that, and it allowed the development team to be very clever very experimental and come up with some really genuinely fun puzzles but for every 10 fun clever original puzzles there'd be two or three kind of shit ones that just didn't work ones. like yeah. the like the the one where you've got the ball that falls into the maze and you've got okay. to get it
0: the, gyro the
2: just oh, get that, of that Gyra, yeah. the gyro
0: ones can go. I, they were my number one bad thing about the game. The gyro oh, shrines can suck my dick. Yeah, and it, right. the yeah, thing the is, trash. it's like you heard me, Nintendo.
2: Like it's easier to actually flip your controller upside down, therefore flipping the map upside down. Yeah. Have the ball land on the flat surface and then just flick you it. Flick and, it. it. Yeah, yeah. and that's it. Like, that's love the better that option. Mm.
1: But oh, that's the thing. It's cool it's, that that's an option. I think yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, like, I was talking to Josh the other day about it, and I was just like, I love that this game makes you think, like, I broke it. Guys, I broke it. Like, I Yeah. yeah. Like, what you were saying, you, yeah. like, aren't, aren't I a clever boy?
2: <laughs> yeah, like, you, <laughs> you, know you know still I mean? get the... Yeah, it makes the, you
1: feel like that, yeah.
2: Yeah, you still get that feedback, but you get it from doing it the other way, that, oh, well, you, you, you failed the task successfully, essentially. Exactly. Like, yeah. you That's got... How you got to, to the end. my
0: life, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: same. Like you got to the end. You you did. You technically did the objective. We didn't tell you how you're going to do the objective. You figured that out on your own. Maybe it wasn't the way we intended it to, but fuck it. Look, it works. You got the thing to the end. That's good enough for me.
0: I feel like and, if, if there is if there is a heaven, that is what I'll hear. <laughs> heaven or hell? I was like, you did it. Not the way we intended it, <laughs> but uh, good but enough. You got here. You got to the end. I, And yeah, I guess
2: also on that note, um, talking about the divine beasts because they were obviously the I guess sort of replacement for dungeons. Um, They weren't anywhere near as substantial as I feel like they should have been. There weren't enough puzzles. There weren't every everyone had the same you know puzzle based on the position of the beast itself, which was cool. And the way those four different beasts were you know controlled differently was cool and i enjoyed that but there wasn't enough yeah. of it there wasn't a like true head scratching moment where you're sat there going oh but if i flip this way that means i'm going to drop down there and if i position myself properly i'm going to fall through those three rooms and i'm going to end up right at that back room which means i can then climb up none of that it was just hey eh, you Might fall into place. Who gives a shit? fuck. I
0: don't know if this is the same case with other Zelda games, but I felt like one of the issues with the Divine Beast is the design of them. The puzzles were cool, but they were very everything was spread out. Like you had to run from like the tip of the trunk of the elephant to its tail and stuff like that. Yeah, because the beast itself, the structure, also had to be fit for a boss battle.
2: Yes, was it the same
0: in the other Zelda games where where dungeons and stuff? So they could be a lot more condensed and stuff like that. Yes. Um, If you want, if you want a prime
2: example of um, Zelda dungeon design at its best, I would recommend playing um, any of these three: A Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time, or A Link Between Worlds. All three of those have some of the best dungeon design in traditional Zelda sense.
0: Which is the one where you come flat. It's like on the three DS, and you come flat. Yeah, yeah. That's that's
2: A Link Between Worlds. Play a little bit of that. And that is quite like that. That is an excellent that was really, game. That's really, really fun. That is an incredible game. I absolutely fucking love that. Um But yeah, I mean, like Ocarina of Times my my personal favorite, but I know all of the puzzles now, like the back of my hand, because I've played that game way
0: too many times. Um all right, let's move on to a bit of a debate. And for those um in, in chat, I want to hear from you guys as well here. And also if you listen to this on you know on your on your phone and your on your iPhone or what have you? Um, we stream this on Twitch every Sunday night. We live record, so come, come join us at whatever it is, Twitch TV forward slash Story Mode Oz. That's what it is. Um, what do we feel? Oh,
2: had- sorry, I'm going to interrupt you very briefly because we Scotsman just said in the Twitch chat a very valid point. Majora's Mask has also incredibly awesome design dungeons. Um, my only concern there, um, Scotsman is the fact that there's only four dungeons. And I don't feel... I.
4: We don't want to give Jesse a panic uh, attack.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't want to freak him out. I don't want to give him that time limit where he's going to probably cry in the corner as the moon crashes on him.
0: On me? Um,
2: Just yes, sitting you, here you, trying to host? You're panicky. You're panicky. <laughs> we know it.
0: Well, um, I want to hear from, from everyone here. This is a debate we're going to have. Weapon Breakage. I am 100% for it. I think it adds so much to the game, and I think it highlights a lot of the other things the game does. Or I know some of you guys have differing opinions. So um, this is quickly just a show of hands slash verbal cues for those listening. Um, Who likes Break Weapons? Me.
5: I I enjoy it. Yep. Overall, I like it.
4: Squad.
0: All it's right. garbage. So it's Josh. Josh, tell us why you're wrong. <laughs>
4: Quick, let's beat him up. <laughs> oh, guys, come on. We can all be friends here. <laughs> oh, no, our
0: weapons broke.
4: <laughs> oh, um, <no. laughs>
0: Josh, why, do, why don't you like them? It's fair enough. Actually, the majority of people I know don't like
4: it. Yeah, that's true. Well, like, I guess starting off at, like, the biggest argument people have for the breakable weapons you know, it encourages experimentation. It doesn't. All the weapons work exactly the same. You're just swapping it out for another one with a different number value assigned to it. I would
0: argue that an axe and a boomerang act different.
4: Absolutely, but then a spear and a spear and an axe have kind of like the same swing time. Even an axe doesn't feel weightier. It's still just as snappy and responsive. There's no because Link's a very anything.
0: strong boy. So there's
4: no decision making boy. between do I should I use a spear for this one for the range or should I use an I axe? I do
1: I do agree with that, but as, as someone who um, has gone into this game as a casual, I like open world games, and this game looks cool. And I played some Zelda games in the past. That's that's okay with me.
3: <laughs> See, <laughs> so I don't I, like
1: I'm, getting told that I'm doing the wrong shit. Like I don't like getting told that, like you know, like oh, I can't. You know, so you're my, using the wrong weapon. You're using the wrong whatever. But the breakable yeah. part. I enjoy the fact that they break, but yeah, you did make a good point that it doesn't really make a difference. My
4: proposal would be why not make it like almost every other game where your weapon does get damaged and it does break. Let's say it does 10 less damage You can keep using it. It's just not as effective. Maybe the animations are a bit different. Why not do something like that and let you go back to town and fix it up, make it more like monster hunter. That's my, pla- that's my plea That's my plate Because the whole fuck, you got him good <laughs> there, didn't you? Yeah. Make it well. Then you could have an arsenal of weapons that you actually enjoy using instead of being forced to use a pitchfork that's just garbage, and you're not using that Free because tracks. it has but, but any thing, strategic like, value. You're using that because if, like, the The game thinks it's clever. But the game
0: also gives you a bunch of other, other abilities abilities. Got you the square bomb, the round Dude, bomb as well. My boy, the square <laughs> the bomb. camera. Um you know you get different <laughs> bombs, you've got and you got your um what's the what's the, the the switch that you have in the game? Uh, what's it called? The Sheikah Slate. It's got yeah, all the, that the, the those switch. powers and shit the like that. The game pad. Um, the game pad. Yeah, it's a gamepad. All, all of those powers in the game. So it's like your weapons break. You know, you only have a pitchfork yet left. Don't use a pitchfork. Use something else. Like here are a bunch of options. And now I agree with you, a lot of the weapons are samey, and that is a complaint I have. There are massive differences between you know, oh. a heavy axe and a halberd. It's like the same thing. I think it's more here are your normal swinging weapons, here are your powered weapons, so your electricity sword, fire sword, blah, blah, blah. Um, and here are the ranged ones, your boomerangs, your bows and arrows, stuff like that. I think it's more about experimentation between those sort of types of weapons rather than weapon to weapon, because I agree with that. It doesn't work.
4: Also, you mean so switching up between I like-, like your gadgets and your.
0: Well, not so much gadgets. Like or- you know, you're going in with your flame sword, and you know you're doing good damage against a lion or whatever. And when that breaks, you have to go to like a range weapon, and you have to change up your play It's like okay, I now have to be further back. I need to move a bit quick. I need to dodge more. Blah blah. Um. I. I like the. I like panic in the game. I know I just defended myself saying I don't panic much but I do. And I like it. I like panicking in the game. I like to be the underdog. I don't like to go into a battle with everything behind me. Like, I'm going to win this. I know. And it's not going to be that fun. Um, which is my excuse for being bad. at Like, Yakuza. I like to be the underdog. Uh, it's nothing cooler to me in that game when you go up to a Lionel. Like, you're kind of like walking back to town. You've gone through a few fights already. You see a lion. like, okay, I can take him down. And first hit your sword, like your good weapon breaks. And you're like, Okay. It suddenly no, see, becomes Eventide Island to me. Because like, okay, you have limited resources what are you doing to get out of that here.
4: situation? Are you running away or are you just throwing bombs at thing? it? that thing, you're going to run away. Are you Are going to use
0: bombs? Are you going to use other weapons? Are you going to use the environment But then it's advantage? just like
4: easy. My sword just broke. I'll grab my sword that has plus 10 attack. Like there's not really any creative solution see, to get I, out of that, I feel. In, in gonna, ideal
0: situations, you have that. But if you've gone in with that plus 10 sword first and that breaks, and you have a minus 10 sword and suddenly you're on the back foot.
2: I'm, I'm going to agree and disagree with both oh, of that, you. Oh, that Monsanto
0: like thing got him.
2: No. Josh got
0: him on
4: the fence.
2: <laughs> no, sorry. He, hear me out. I think Josh's complaints about, oh, well, look, you know, you have your weapon that breaks and then oh, you just use your other one, is a very valid complaint for the end of the game. I think by the end of the game, you're so loaded up with so many powerful weapons that it doesn't really matter which one fucking breaks. It It doesn't matter. You've got all of these different options. You're not resorting to, you know, using a pitchfork or using a broom or anything like that. I would disagree with you, Josh, on the fact that weapons I do feel handle differently. Between one-handed, two-handed, and um, your spears, I actually do feel like there is quite a significant difference. I noticed specifically with the spears um, how much of a difference that can make when you're doing a horseback riding fight. Um, being able to get up close and being able to hit them from such a wider distance was huge, especially when I went into that fight the first time with a sword going, no, I played Twilight Princess. I can fucking, I can beat this guy. (laughs) That's no problem. And then got smacked off my horse and then impaled with about 18 arrows. I felt the difference. I was like, okay, yeah, I I definitely see and feel the difference. So, all right, I'm always going to keep my one decent spear in case I end up in a horseback combat situation or I don't and but then towards the end of the game oh, what's it matter I've got all of these fucking abilities and shit I can do I just hop off the horse freeze him in place fire a couple of arrows at his face what cool the and then he's gonna go like into the fucking stratosphere Yeah, it like, doesn't I,
4: matter. I feel like that's a good point where like at the end of the game you know semi-spoilers uh, master sword times when it's just gonna charge or yeah. something encourage you to switch yeah. that out um, that's more interesting because you do have a different moveset there and you are forced to yes. jump between them. I, I, I feel think, like... Like a lot. Like, yeah.
0: Most people will just, like, use the muscle as a crutch. Yeah, Which, like- that's yeah, right.
2: And, I mean, I ended up using it just to break rocks because, fuck it, I don't want to waste any of my other good weapons. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, again, um, talking about liners, the first time I encountered a liner wasn't the one that was designed for the story. It was, I had wandered off the beaten path gone up this mountain, gone, oh fuck, I'm freezing my bollocks off, I've got to come down. Came down the other side and there was a lion blocking my path and I'm like, fuck. I am in, I am in trouble. I had two decent swords and about five bows and only a very small handful of arrows. So I had to carefully hit where I could, throw a bomb, hide behind a tree, wait for it to get angry at me and fire an arrow at me, steal the arrow, Fire the arrow back at it, and I had to really, really, really plan this out. And it took me about four attempts, but I did fucking beat it, and it was
0: awesome. You've given me flashbacks to that first Lionel encounter, and I'm, I, I, well, this, I this hated, wasn't even the first one that, so that you're so
2: supposed much. to meet either. This wasn't the one at Zora's domain. This was one at the base of a different mountain. I was like, oh fuck, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. Fuck it, I'm gonna do it anyway. Can I, can I can come, come in like, with a yes, hot take real kids. quick? <laughs> All
5: right. Go so, you it. know, I think this whole discussion would just be a lot more interesting and better mm-hmm. if the combat and the enemy design in general was better. So, oh, agreed. the agreed. fact that they have like agree. three enemy uh, types agreed. for the majority of yep. the yeah. year. I can,
0: that is oh, very high on my so complaint bad. list. The lack of I can happily
2: it. agree yes. with that. I will put my hands up there and say, yeah, but valid. You, bring, you bring up a good point, Kios.
0: I think the break of weapons is really, really cool, but Josh, you do bring up a valid point that your weapon breaks and it it is replaceable. While it is going to act different, and axe is going to feel different to a spear. I don't think the combat is in depth enough to, for you to really feel that difference. It acts different, but it's really easy to make up for because I I just use the spam buttons. Um,
4: well, that's yeah. So I, saw, I do, remember like, like, like when the game came button. out, everybody's like, "Oh man, Assassin's Creed and Zelda taking on Souls, this Souls style of combat that Keelan loves Pretty so tough. much." Who
0: the How fuck that is a deal, that? Does that make shit. you want to
4: jump sides? Huh, Keelan? No. Not at all. <laughs> no. <Keelan's
0: laughs> some
4: I like You and your I honeyed could, words, Josh. I, I could not stand the comparison because, like, Breath of the Wild's combat is, oh. like you said, Jesse, there is, it's very much light. You just jump in, you jump out. It's fast, it's quick, it's snappy. It's everything you want it to be. You can parry. I don't think many people did parry. Uh,
2: well, we Scotsman does bring up a good point in the Twitch chat, saying that shields were too overpowered. Hey, oh, look, here's oh, a super strong Guardian. Kill it using dude. your shield and a well timed reflect. Yeah, I,
0: I,
4: just went, I feel like, like it's Guardian so punching after a while. To, to get up to that level, it takes a lot of practice. I feel like, yeah, and the the risk mm-hmm. for actually practicing is instant death. So I feel like a super yeah, that rewarding. is that
2: is until you do the the first divine beast, get Mepha's blessing. And so if you uh, fuck you just, up, it's fine. She just, you just revives beat. you instantly with a couple of extra hearts and hey, look, you can suddenly tank two of them in the face. Yeah. So, eh. so I <laughs> I kind of agree where he's coming from, although shields are arguably one of my favourite aspects of this whole game because there is nothing better than going up to the tallest mountain oh, and yes. snowboarding down.
0: yeah. Oh, yes. hated it. Oh, I loved I did like snowboarding so. so down. It was so it? good. There's something that bugged me. It's like, okay, okay, all my weapons are really, really fragile. <laughs> They're gonna break, but I'm gonna snowboard down this mountain. It felt really weird to me. I don't know well, why. Well are, are you saying I that think- the
4: breakable weapons actually caused you quite a deal of turmoil, Jesse? No, I'm saying <laughs> <stops> <laughs> <you> <laughs> from enjoying the shield from snowboard shield mechanics. Yeah.
0: Mute them. Keelan, cut of audio. <laughs> god damn it no, I, got me.
2: <laughs> I think the way they validate it in game is on sand or on snow your shield won't break from you surfing because it's a soft impact surface so it's not actually doing any damage you're to your shield but if you did it, it down a regular rocky mountainside then yeah it's gonna break and you're gonna tumble down and you're gonna die because that's gonna be hilarious
0: um Lauren, how did you feel about the breakable weapons
1: um yeah, no, I I enjoyed that kind of um, extra level to it, but yeah, like at, like I said at the start, it, it really means nothing when they break because you just you basically pick up everything you can at the start anyway, uh, and it's kind of when you get halfway through when you you don't even look at the stick or the the goblin's arm that's whacking you in the face as you're using it or whatever or like the the what is it the Boku's clubs and all that like you just you move aside from them and you grab the bigger swords and the bigger axes and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then like, yeah, if you do find yourself, I guess caught in a, caught in an area where I, there was a couple of times where I was playing, um, when you get caught in an area and all your weapons are about 75% used. (laughs) Yeah. You can't. And then you're like, Oh shit. Oh crap. Where am I? What am I going to do now? But then again, me being me, I was all about the bow and arrow. So I was more worried about that. And then I'd get to a point where um, I'd be out of arrows or I wouldn't be at a place where it would be advantageous to use it. And then I'd, I only had a stick <laughs> because I hadn't been collecting because I was too busy using my bow and arrow. Um, but I, I do enjoy that kind of gameplay. I do enjoy what it can bring to it. It's just not in games like Animal Crossing where there's no need for it, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. Fuck what, that. When, you go- when your golden ridiculous. shovel breaks. God damn it.
1: Yeah, yeah. you can your golden shovel. Like, well, what is the point of that? But yeah, well, Animal no, Crossing I, look, is all
4: busy work, though. So I feel like it's just another yeah. layer of busy work.
1: I suppose so. I suppose so. Let like, me.
0: Has anyone built Tarry Town in Animal Crossing? Oh
2: my it god! Probably. Please. Oh
0: fuck's sake! I'm gonna say now that I'm leaving the podcast now. I'm gonna go do that <laughs> <laughs> with all my turnip money, like my, my stunks. All right, let's stumps. move on to. We have touched on a few complaints, but let's really dive into them. Um, mm-hmm. Can I just start off with with my one? And this is one we brought up: the enemy types of shit. There are some really cool enemies in the game. Don't get me wrong. I grew to love the guardians. I When I first saw them in the trailer, I'm like, eh, they look weird. Uh, whatever. Like, why are they are robots? Doesn't really fit. Uh, I, I learned to love their design. And riding your horse around... Um, oh, Simon. See, uh, Simon, I want to get that little figure. Um, but riding around Hyrule Castle and having, like, six of them lock onto you is really, really cool. It's, it, it, it feels dangerous. Um, but other than that, like, the Lions are the big bads in the games. All right, once you learn how to beat a Lionel, they become kind of easy, even the gold ones. Like dodge, parry, attack, dodge, parry, attack. Oh no, weapon broke, dodge, parry, attack. Um, and then you have Lizard Boy and Red Man. So you've, you've got the,
2: the Bookoblins, Moblins, Liz Alphos, Guardians, Lionels. Obviously, there's three different types of Guardians as well, for what that's worth. Um, Not much. <laughs> well, I mean, you've got the you've got the regular walking ones. So, you got guardians. walking
0: ones, the flying ones, and and then you've the got the turret ones which the turret fuck ones.
2: me, they're a dick.
0: um but they're all, they're all basically the same thing. Like you can just and uh, then you've got the skeleton you've got the
2: skeleton forms of a couple of those. As well. You've got the skeletons and the of
0: same thing. You know, for all intents the purpose, same thing. You have the um the evil wizard from adventure time. What are those things called? Oh, yeah, the whiz ropes. Whiz ropes, yeah. The whiz ropes, yeah. And
5: and are
0: there more.
5: <laughs> I don't know, Jesse, because ninety uh, percent of the time that I spent playing that game, I only fought the, the tall motherfuckers and the, the short ones. Oh, there are Yeah, okay. Ones.
0: There's rock rock There's rock rock lads. Um, yeah,
5: so you, got, you got the rock 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 you rock got rock Cyclops. Um, yeah, so
2: you've got the Hinox, the Octoroks as well were in the game, and they were the they fucking were. worst because they could snipe you from a hundred fucking miles away. You're, like, you'd like be climbing a past, up a cliff,
4: just, like, yeah, <laughs> completely out yeah. of range, you'd imagine, and he'd just, like, snipe you. E-op. It's
2: like, fuck you. Um,
0: <laughs> the the Sandfish?
2: Oh, yeah, the, um, oh, God, what are they called? Sandfish, um, sounds with M. Yeah, it does. Mulduga. Um, Mulduga. Molduga. Molduga. You got While
4: them? we're talking about these designs, um, I do want to say how much I actually really do appreciate how much of the style is lifted from like Skyward Sword. Because I still think Skyward yeah, Sword is like, so gorgeous. Well,
2: <laughs> I wanted to bring up something just very quick little divergent uh, here. Um, when you guys were talking about Eventide Isle, it reminded me of that one um, story segment in Skyward Sword where the volcano is erupting yeah. as you're coming down and you lose all of your items and you have to gather them so all good. and you have, to, you have to spend so long avoiding everything and then you find your sword and you go, go, time to fucking kill everyone. And it's a really, <laughs> like, that really, is, really fun time.
0: You can dance that feeling in the game of coming back to enemies that gave you grief at the start. Like if you, they could make them like a pill. It would be, yeah. it would be, more, it'd be more addicted than cocaine, because um, that feeling is the. Be- Keelan's giving me the, that 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 like shaking his head, like stop mentioning drugs on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, too many times. No, my friend, getting
2: suspicious now. It's, it's no, we're never we're never, never going to make affiliate at this episode
0: rate. <laughs> episode fifty of a. Po- I, okay, you do a Australian video game podcast, and up to fifty episodes, you're making that cocaine money. Okay, don't you worry. Okay, don't you man. Mm hmm. <laughs> we'll send you some.
2: We haven't fucking, I haven't fucking seen any of this money. Well, <laughs> what are you talking about?
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what Zelda needs <laughs> cocaine. Um, God. Uh, there are some cool, um, enemy designs in the game, but once you beat the game, okay, and we'll get to the story in a minute, once you've been and you want to keep exploring, because there is so much, there's so much I haven't explored yet. Um, Finding everything in the game is, is a mammoth task. But you start getting repetitive. It's like, okay, Zalfos, cool, red blob boy. Cool. Nothing's hard anymore. You're and you're just getting rewarded for parts. by a better
4: sword. Yeah.
0: It, it becomes all about the exploration, but the journeys through those points become a little bit more tedious after a while. So that's a great, a little bit. That's why I finally, like, after a while, after like, you know, 200 odd hours... I finally said, uh, "I'll move on to another game now. I'm done with it." I remember. remember They need like
4: like another region that unlocks after beating Ganon. You know. I agree because they need the going back to Kanto or something. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I, see.
2: I thought this is where the DLC was quite interesting because I know that you made the joke about the motorbike earlier, Jesse. But it was actually a really interesting implementation. Because you could use that basically anywhere. You could only use your horses in certain basic terrains, like just basically the the grasslands. Anywhere else, and you wouldn't be able to use it. Whereas the motorbike, you can use. It's a lot faster. But you can use it and summon it basically anywhere. And it was just it allowed you to play around with the in, with the physical environment itself a little bit more. Like you could you could get to the top of the mountain summon your motorbike, you jump on it,
0: pop a wheelie as you go fucking flying off it. You wouldn't want to do that with a horse. But because like thematically, that makes no sense. It it seems too much like, you know, when people play Skyrim with a bunch of mods, and it's like, cool, but is it that engaging? No, it's a bit of fun flight like 10 minutes. Cool. Uh, but look, you're not going to play the way is okay,
2: because,
3: uh,
0: <laughs> I, look,
2: yeah, I I don't know. I, I don't hate the way it's implemented. I don't hate the way... Um, they sort of explain it away in the story. It is a little bit silly, yes. How do they explain is it? it? I, they... I, I haven't played the DLC, so I don't even know what to it. So, essentially because there are five champions and Zelda, um, with Link being the fifth champion, the other four champions all got their own divine beasts. And there was a set of trials set up for the hero, specifically Link, to get and earn his right to his own divine beast. And that's what the motorbike is. Wait. Is after you go through a handful of trials, uh, there you go. Okay, well, look, this is your divine beast.
4: It's the size it's a of a dove tacking. Okay. <laughs> in comparison. One thing. <laughs> in comparison, yeah. I fun. really it's hope fun.
0: that the motorbike, like, has to go through these trials inside of it. Like, there's really small puzzles <laughs> in the engine and shit like that. But that doesn't make yeah. any sense. Like, oh, here's this guy. We gave him a giant water elephant. Here's this guy. We gave him a lizard that climbs his volcano. The, the bird man got a fucking bird. And, and
2: fucking ravioli can
0: Yeah, we me. can go through ravioli. them because I, I I hate ravioli. I hate rock boy. Gerudo lady Oh, cool. he, no, he's a precious bean. No, nah, I, I want to push the rock dude into the lava. Um And what? Prince oh. Sidon. Sorry, I want sorry. Them. Are it you elves. hating on, oh. my, on my Goron boys? <laughs> hate them. hate yeah. them. Fuck them. What the- Poor, poor fucking Derrick. Fuck them. Yeah. But they all got cool stuff and they're like, oh yeah, Link, you got a a bike and then it's got like the dude, two dude from American Chopper and they pull a sheet over it. It's like, eh,
4: there's your bike. I do wonder oh, if the yeah. bike's going to be canon in the sequel. I don't think it It will.
0: can't. It surely. It's like, bit, he's it's like oh, no, it,
4: it got stolen. It was in Mario Kart 8. <laughs>
0: it was. See, like, that makes sense. Like If you want to bring something into a game like that, it makes sense. But, Seeing people ride it around, it just broke so much of the immersion of that game, stuff like that. Simon's so excited. Like he, he keeps getting his little, his, little, his little figures and his little toys. Yeah.
4: Look at him go. Yeah, get really turned off yeah. by all the dumb DLC crossover event stuff. Like how you got the, the Nintendo Switch t-shirt. It's the, like, a recent oh t-shirt. That was, <laughs> that that was a switch. bit silly,
2: yeah. But, <laughs> but I liked it because it was silly. Um, I, I didn't like the, um, the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 items that you got for some reason. I didn't like those. Those get? are a bit weird. Um, it was basically um, Rex's costume from Xenoblade 2. Um, he wears like this diving outfit, essentially. A baggy. A dumb
1: costume for dumb little boy.
2: Yeah, it, it was weird. Ooh. And <laughs> the fact that you got it in Breath of the Wild, it was useful because it allowed you to swim a bit faster. And that was super useful early on before you got the Zora armor, but it was just really fucking
0: weird. And I was like, why, why? Speaking of why, (laughs) the story (laughs) to me was garbage. There's no story in this game. Having to find it through photos and shit, like optional stuff felt so weird. And I think it, it did something that so many other games do. And it bugs me with all of them where you have this massive cataclysmic event happening, which at the start, they basically say this has a timer. Like, Zelda can't keep holding him off. He's pissed off and she's getting weaker. It has an urgency at the start. And then it's like, hey, let's go here into this cave and look at this big river babe and stuff like that. Like, you can then go do anything. Nothing has any urgency. I didn't give a shit about any of the characters. Um, the actual world of Hyrule didn't seem that bad. It needed to be really in jeopardy for me to care more. I was like, okay, just don't go the middle. We're fine. Mm-hmm. Like,
4: I feel like cool, there and maybe was also and when the moon's red, the, stay indoors. <laughs> uh. The promise recently of Age of Calamity, as well, fleshing that out more, and then I don't mm. want, I don't want uh, to that's talk sad. about that. But <laughs> I need to it's play more of Age of well. Calamity. Was story I, I've, that ju- either. I've just, uh, well, I was really interested in it because I haven't finished breath of the wild because I was let down by the story and stuff like that. I got my complaints. I would like to finish it. Um, I think I'm at a point where I could, I think I've done all the divine beasts or I've got one more to go. Um, anyway, age of calamity got announced and I was like, wow, like I'm interested in this. I'd give this a shot. Um, and it's like, you know, the prequel. And I thought maybe I'll try to set up like a bit of a trilogy with breath of the wild too. um, that story does not go in the direction you think it's going.
2: No. And, and you kind of figured that out pretty early on. Yeah,
4: exactly. I imagine it wouldn't be that heartbreaking if I had have played it myself because they do let like, you know so early. But just being interested in it and that kind of being me looking in and being like, hey, maybe the Zelda fandom is a place for me after all. And then seeing that and I'm just like, no, no, <laughs> I can't do this.
0: Keelan, how did you feel about the story?
5: It meant relatively little to me. Um, I agree with you in terms of like actually having to uncover the story, the way you do that. Like I got interested at a certain point, but then the way that I had to find out more kind of just really got to me. It annoyed me. It didn't Um, seem
0: right. Like it didn't seem finished
5: almost. Yeah, it just, it, it was like an afterthought. They spent a lot of time on the systems and stuff. And then they kind of were like, hey, we should probably have a story here. Just because previous Zelda games have had a story, so we should probably stick with that tradition. Um, <laughs> let's do it. And yeah. um for me, it was a big part of why I fell off the game. Because I wasn't invested in helping any of these characters. Um, the side characters make a really good first impression, like that the that prince dude, the Prince swimmy Light guy. on my sweet side on right okay makes Prince a great of the sea first king impression. of my heart. you're like hell yeah this is cool and then nothing and then you're like oh okay my time interacting with you is now complete and finished and i don't ever have to do anything with yes. you ever again um with that being said i want to point out a strength that the lack of focus of story gives zelda it does make it so that you can just jump straight in and you can just Enjoy it, and you're not going to go into this like you were describing before. This land that's in constant state of turmoil. Like most of the place is fine. You can yeah. just go <laughs> around and be like, you know what? I don't give a shit about what's happening. You guys can fight your battle. This is not my fight. I'm going to go off and enjoy myself and have a picnic on on this island over here.
0: You know what's interesting? There's more like almost like politics with some of the side characters, like the NPC. You can hear them discuss. It's like, hey, we got like people going there to fight. We had people going there to fight. I'm I'm fine with what's happening. Like. Mm. I voted for Ganon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's helping me. <laughs> you know. Um here, fuck, He probably would win as well. Yeah. What are some other complaints you guys have about the game as a whole?
5: About uh, well, it. I think that's it. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of yeah. the the
4: big points for me are the story. I felt incredibly let down by that. I um I, I mentioned before about the the environmental storytelling was more so everything's shit. Here's why it's shit. And you never actually go into a region and go like, oh, that's why there's a cave there. Like this was used for a smuggling operation back in the 1960s. I'm thinking of different games. Um, <laughs> I think you, know, you, never, you, never, s- you never stumble across something and piece together a story. You know, there's never that moment like in The Last of Us 1 we are going through the sewers and you find out, hey, there was a little hideout here oh, and they raised why children. Did you have to,
0: why did you do that to my heart? Jesus <laughs> Christ.
4: Um, but th- there's, there's none of that. You never pick up a note and be like, hey, I wonder what happened here. And you start looking around the walls and you start seeing, you know, drawings or um, you never start going deeper in the cave and discover what the people were doing there. There's nothing like that. It's literally the environmental storytelling is bad shit happened a hundred years ago. And this is a hundred years later.
1: Time is going to pop. There's, there's, you never see. There's
4: no, <laughs> there's no characters that you can get attached to in this world because you never really see another character, or well, you do, uh, but you know you don't. <laughs> you don't. You spend a large swaths of this game without interacting with another character. Just so you,
0: sorry, just, just quickly, Simon, before you climb through the camera and throttle Josh. Um, no, no, no. Jo- the way this fine. is how I would I kind of describe the game for. It's like when you go on a hike. And a bunch of interesting things happened on that hike. Little, little interesting moments. You see a cool bug, you hear some weird bird, you know, the path does something weird, you see a cool rock that looks like a dick or something like that. Um, but you get to the end and there was no story. You had a bunch of cool little interactions with things, like cool little things happened and they were memorable for a bit, but there was no, nothing str- strung them all together. There was no cohesive flow to the whole thing. You started in one spot and you got to the end. Cool things happened in between, If they didn't happen, it would have been the same journey. But they were cool at the time. That's how I kind of describe a lot of stuff in Breath of the Wild, where these little Mm. things that are very inconsequential, cool, but inconsequential and they have no depth or add to the lore of this place because it's just a lot of set dressing.
1: Yeah. I think one of the most enjoyable things about this game was when it first came out, the amount of content and podcasts and stuff of everyone talking about how they got to the same point but different ways. I think that's kind of what is really special about this game or like not even this game in general, really, but just kind of like the type of sandbox games that it is. But this one um, with the things like climbing onto rocks or like whack is, was it stasising the rocks, whacking them a whole bunch and climbing on and like trying to get over walls that way or trying to like kind of um, get certain, get around the world in certain ways. And like, you know, the islands and the the towns and all this kind of stuff, like that's what really made this, a special title in my, in my heart, you know, but yeah, it's, um, it's hard. It's a hard game to talk about.
4: I I do wish there were just more rewards. I just just never (laughs) felt rewarded for my time in it though. I always just felt like I was just experiencing this world and I didn't care for my time in it a whole lot because there was nothing. You can't see it, but
0: Simon's currently sharpening a knife. (laughs) Simon, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: go on. Just under the desk. Um, again, like I, I understand why and how people did have those sorts of feelings and experiences towards the story, and I, I get that. I do think that's a in and of itself a valid complaint. But I do feel like there was a bit more to it. If you let it happen, I mean, Jesse, like you were saying, oh, you didn't really care. Um Like you cared about Sidon, and that was about it. And you, you didn't like Daruk, that nah, which is mental, nah, by the way. Over, yeah. um, o- the overdone, of the game? <laughs> No, he's a <laughs> yeah. Like he was he's a rock, you know.
0: Man, yeah, but but look at his smile. Look how happy he he's is. So about drunk, yeah. He's a like, himbo. We love fr- him. He, he, he's a himbo, but he's very very happy while Zelda's being tortured. Mm, it's sus. No, because he's dead. <laughs>
2: well why is he so happy? Because he's just a happy person in general. Oh, but it, it, Ace, Ace Aviator has said, um, yeah, like you create your own story within those moments, which I think is p- kind of summarising what Lauren was saying. And in and of itself, that is definitely where a lot of the fun lies. Yeah. But there are a lot of surprising... You say it's just set dressing, but it's set dressing with more depth than you realise. It, it looks like a puddle, and then you step in it, and all of a sudden you're up to your kneecaps. And it's
1: That's safety not- as
2: Yeah, it's a safety hazard. It's not shown off in the way that it perhaps could be. But at the same time, given the sort of game that Breath of the Wild is, it doesn't have to. It's like, look, if you want to go jump in every puddle, you're going to find those deep ones. You will, but you'll never Um, find out why they're deep. Because there's... So, for example, quite early on, right next to the Great Plateau, actually, there's a lake with an old abandoned fortress that's been completely ruined, and you can see and find rusted weapons and shields and, you know, even some arrows, stuff like that. And if you look into it, you can actually find that, oh, on the other side of the lake, there's a monster encampment. And what happened is during the Calamity, a surge of monsters came at these soldiers, and they went in to defend themselves, but then got slaughtered. I know the and exact there's loads of there's about. loads of stories like that. Like there's there's an entire fucking storyline about how um Link and Zelda escaped from Hyrule Castle and ran through half of the country basically picking up stragglers along the way. They it was like the smallest group of like 20 people um and they got to a particular fort where Zelda's power awakened, and you see that in one of the memories, and blah, 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 she saves Link from all the Guardians and stuff, and, you know, like, holy shit, that's, that's the story of 20 people surviving, when on the other side of the country, at the exact same time, there was this fortress, this fortress that you can go and visit, and you can see all the cannons, and the rusted shields, and all of these spears, and stuff that have been completely destroyed, because this massive army was obliterated by half a dozen guardians and you can see some of the ruined guardians lying around and you can see stuff like that and you piece it together and it isn't given to you and I yeah. understand that you know, hey, like I want to, I want to read about that. I want to see
4: of no, something. No, hundred That's what, that's what I'm talking about. But it's it's never a character story. It's never a, a specific moment. No, it's just an it's overarching. An bad stuff happened a hundred years ago. There's nothing about what's happened but I think, since. You know, I think it like sort of puts it, into perspective hundred years in the future. Kinda, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Um, I, I get that, but like I feel like it adds to the gravitas of the oh, situation. Totally. Like you don't understand how bad the calamity is until you find. all all of these little bits and pieces and piece it together and go, Oh fuck this, like this wasn't a thousand piece puzzle. This was a 10 million piece puzzle. And all of these things went wrong and all of this happened. And with certain characters, which I understand if you don't necessarily like them because you, you know, you meet Daruk and Ubosa and Ravioli through flashbacks and only through flashbacks. And you have a few interactions with them in, You know, the current time, which is fine. But I think the charm that you get from these characters bleeds into their descendants. You know, with Mipha, it's Prince Sidon, her younger brother. And you can see the effect that he has received from from Mipha. Just hearing stories about how awesome his sister was and how brave she was and how good of a healer she was. And how she also had a
4: thing for Link. Yeah, but let's not get I into mean, that. I to <laughs> like talk about Fuck, that. I will
2: hit the gym. Healthy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, okay, we'll wait, wait for a minute. <laughs> but, like, Daruk was brave and, like, you know, strong and charismatic and, like, a really fun, like, you know, he, he appreciates you. He thinks of you as a brother. And then you meet his descendant a hundred years later, who's this cowardly little guy who has inherited that ability that Daruk had, that Daruk's protection but he's terrified and you have to be the encouragement that he
0: needs I and you don't help him grow. And I think like that, that, that's um, that character development, but I think going back to like the, the actual storytelling bits, like I agree when you brought up the whole fortress, especially near the Great Plateau, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I like that. that that's pretty cool. Yeah. But that is just like, okay, there was cause and effect to what happened in the past. There was a calamity and here are the effects of their calamity, but it's more for me, the small things. When you're walking through a forest and you see a helmet and a shield and a sword in the ground, and it's like, okay, I'm going to pick them up. Why are they there? Like, what's the story behind these smaller things? Because there are a bunch of... There are thousands of stories happening in Hyrule all the time, not just Calamity. With the Calamity. And the Calamity is the only one that gets delved into a little bit, even through just the photos and shit like that, which I don't, I've complained about enough. I want to know about those little stories, kind of the things that make, like... um games like the witcher and skyrim and other big open world fantasy games really deep is when you start learning about those little stories that other adventures have had other explorers other people who've had a misfortune they've gone up to a mountain to have an adventure and they've just fucking dropped dead i want to know about that rather than just finding these things that look cool and they make for these cool screenshots but it's like why is that there why was this giant monster skeleton in the north what was that was this thing terrifying a village or something like that it's just it's just there There's a big maze fort thing, which has got a shrine in the middle. And it's amazing. It is one of the most evil things I've seen in the game. I adore it. What is it?
2: But also, but I think about some of the story that gets tied into that, where you're like, oh, man, I want to... You can see it when you go to that that lab and you go, oh, I can see one off in the distance. What the fuck is that? I want to go check that out. I wonder if I can get there." And of course, you try and, you know, maybe you don't have enough stamina. So you eat some food, which gives you a little bit of extra. And you're like, I'm going to fucking do it. And you, you know, go there and you experience this labyrinth, which in and of itself is just it's there. Go have fun. And it's I, I feel like that encapsulates the way Breath of the Wild handles its story in the best way is that you are given piecemeal these things. And it's up to you how much you want to do with it. It's I just I using feel like, your hike
4: as an example. Yeah, I feel like there's oh all gosh. these locations and they're cool. I, I just don't feel like there's any reward to doing it. And I don't even get rewarded with a cool story thing. You know, I don't. I don't discover that the king was usurped by this person. It just kind of you walk in a room and there's a throne there. You know, there's no blood on the carpet. There's just you know a throne, <laughs> an empty throne.
2: Although I would disagree with um uh with i i understand where you're coming from but i would disagree with a few very specific aspects where i i know this is this is really getting kind of nitpicky dude but, i love it, um, it like <laughs> um zelda's diary in her in her study you can go find zelda's diary and she's recounting some of the experiences that her and link have shared whilst they've been out in an adventuring and trying to unlock her powers and you can also do a similar thing um with the DLC, there's diaries for each of the four champions, and that gives you more in- insight and information onto these ca- into these characters yeah. and yes, I, I, I agree, it's kind of silly that it's in the DLC and it should have been in the it's base kind of game she's yeah, like, it's help me, a- help
0: me you're reading her diary <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but then also with um, like the king, he has his own diary and there's also the the castle chef has his own diary and like you know, ah, oh, the the favorite um, cake recipe for you know all the all the lords that live in the castle, including the king, and it gives you this recipe, and like that—that's a cool little piece. That's a fun little bit. More of it. I agree though, in the sense I mean, that more it could have been more of it.
0: All right, let's um move on. To, I just want to hear one from each of you guys. There's a sequel coming out. We know there's a sequel coming out. It may be coming out probably next year. Maybe who mm, knows? Nice. We'll find out soon enough.
2: <laughs> we'll find out in a couple of weeks.
0: I want. Oh yeah, fuck. We'll probably find out the twenty first, won't we? Yeah. Ugh. We'll have to do another one of these goddamn Zelda podcasts. You know, actually, I've got no problem with that because it's a cool game. Um, as much as I've been complaining about it, I still love it. I want to hear something. One thing that you guys want each from a sequel. Lawn.
3: <laughs> I,
1: I don't look. I. Just give me something to be excited about. Give me a story to be excited about. You know, I, s- I yeah. the actually in the trailer when the when when Calamity Ganon, Calan- Kaganity was like oh, geez, fucking t- getting revived or whatever. Like he looked scary as hell, man. Yeah, dude,
0: they look. He's a genuine, <laughs> <friend>.
2: actually, <laughs> dehydrated Ganondorf. Have you guys
3: seen
0: the, the art of the boy, rehydrated though. Ganondorf though? Oh, gosh. And he's just, like, some, like, buff (laughs) dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah.
1: So I take it back because, honestly, I couldn't really, apart from there not being much of a story, but that I was, like, honestly, I was okay with that because I got, like, 50 hours. For someone who's not, I've played a lot of Zelda games. I can't get my thoughts straight. I've played a lot of Zelda games and I've enjoyed all of them for what they are or, like, bits and pieces basically from it. Like, I'm not, can't say that i the overall arching narrative of the series that I'm really interested in. But the fact that this one gave me 50 plus hours of sandbox fun, I was all about that. I, I wouldn't have called a game of the year. And in fact, I did not. I tried to argue against it. Didn't work. But like we, um, from what we saw in the trailer for dehydrated Ganon reviving himself and becoming like, he was really scary looking dude. If that, if they actually like, Played out the story with, like, uh, just a lot better. Just do a story a lot better. Ignore me. Listen to everyone else. And story. More story, please. But Dude, if, there's no the, story, if there's no story there, that's okay too, if, because I still enjoy it. If the they are going to put a story into trailer, it, put
4: some effort into it. If not, cool. Yeah,
1: put, put a bit more effort.
4: The Breath of, of the look, Wild it, trailer from the Nintendo Switch event that came out, like, two months before the game actually released, like, mm. still gets me, like, choked up. <laughs> like, it's
2: so good, you know? <laughs> the, the one I spent... Over
4: an hour I mean, dissecting on like my failed actually, YouTube channel. Yeah. It's so it's so good. <laughs> you know. Mm. Take some direction from the Well team in that, that case, then that. this
1: game's gonna be crap because if that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Shit. <laughs> it's
1: just gonna- no.
4: Shit. Josh. Oh, Josh, what do you want in the
0: sequel?
4: I want some cool dungeons. I want some deep dungeons. I feel like even if there wasn't a proper story, I feel like you could get rid of the shrines and instead have these big old classic Zelda dungeons, and I'd be into it. I feel like you could just make each room, each little puzzle in each room a shrine, you know? And just, you know, have it be this big building and I'd be mm. I'd be so much more into it. I feel like maybe that pacing appeals to me more. Um maybe I'm just stubborn and I don't want Zelda to change. Maybe that's just it. But I, I think I, that'd be really cool. <laughs> that's what I'd like.
0: Can i pitch an idea to you. This is something that Keelan and I were discussing last week or week before. I had an idea. We
1: have no money. We can't invest. Oh,
0: no. This is the worst episode of Dragon's Den ever. Um, (laughs) So have your dungeons or temples or whatever they're called, but also have shrines within the area. And if you complete the shrines, you'll change stuff within the dungeon. Kind of like in the same way you do all the Divine Beasts and they will affect your battle with Gandalf at the end of Breath of the Wild. Have that sort of same uh, mentality regarding shrines. So it's like, do the surrounding shrines and they will make your puzzle a little bit easier or may activate some stuff in there. So you go through the shrines or right outside and maybe it helps like flood a chamber in that thing. And then you can go in there and it
4: helps you out. Is it necessary to do those shrines before the no. dungeon? Okay. But you may, so unlock, cool, is it you more may difficult unlock different or? things. It would be Ooh. more difficult, but you may
0: unlock different things if you do the surrounding shrines. So it may open up a different area that you can now go into or something like that. Get like cool, maybe a, I can get a gun. I can,
4: Yeah, by doing the shrine, maybe it drains the water out of this cavern and now I don't need these big heavy metal boots to sink down to the bottom.
0: Yeah. Yeah, good old iron boots. Shit like that. I I would like to see a nice balance between them both because I like the shrine. I like these little bite-sized puzzles, Um, but I agree. They do need to the environments a bit.
4: Have forest-themed ones, have desert-themed ones, have snowy-themed ones, and I'm I'm not a huge fan of the kind of weird, vaguely uh, modern... Technological weird feel that she has got retconned into having. It they weird. felt like it
0: portal experiment rooms.
4: It's like they Peabody felt- and yeah. whatever yeah. his name was. Keelan, what do you Mark want from the sequel?
5: Wheatley. I'm going to go a little bit away from what everyone else is talking about. I want <laughs> the sequel to have a Switch Pro version because Breath of the Wild is still one of the greatest looking switch games nintendo games ever made it's gorgeous drop Mm. dead gorgeous but it is so blurry on like a modern 4k tv and it's it just doesn't hit the spot that it should look because the design is just impeccable it's incredible looking so i want the sequel to be able to have like the technical um I guess, back up to, you know, to back up the design, the technical aspect to back up the design. I, I mean, 4K Switch Pro version. Breath of the
0: Wild with a console seller. Breath
1: right.
0: of the Wild 2 would be a console seller exactly. as well. I agree. I, yeah. That'd be really cool. Um, Simon, I think it's only fair that you have the last word here. So I'll, I'll jump with my thing I want. <laughs> and now most of the things I want have been taken. I agree that I want more. I want a story. Uh, I want a Pro version. And I want a better balance of... Shrines, temples, dungeons, whatever you want to call. So I've got a little bit weird with this one. There is a mission in the game, which is shit. But I want it to be better. The whole Yiga clan stealth mission was garbage. Oh, it was God. Like everyone had one hit, just, like you got seen once and you're dead. Um and the level design design—throw bananas, was poor. And you can throw bananas, like it, it easily like it's easy to get through, but it was garbage. For somebody who likes stealth in games. Didn't say I'm good at stealth, but I like it. I want them to <laughs> lean into that and introduce some genuine stealth mechanics, just for some mission. I want to play, be able to play the game a few different ways. You're not just going around hitting people with sticks. I want to be actually sneak into areas and earn stuff slash their like a throat. lot, a lot of the <laughs> slash their throat and stuff like that. That'd be cool. With the, like, you get the master dagger. Master um, dagger.
4: Both it'd in be cool. Your but
0: uh, like. um, a lot of the outfits that you get in Breath of the Wild, like the cool glow in the tark skeleton, it felt like it should be stealthy, and I think it helped you sneak a little bit. I think a lot of the, the outfits let you sneak, but it's like uh, the, I, it's, it's like kind of like the combat. It's like, yes, it does help a little bit, but because it's not, the stealth isn't very in-depth, you're not noticing massive difference between like a 10% stealth boost because there isn't really 10% of movement within your stealth anyway. I, I would love to see them explore explore the stealth a little bit more. I'm not quite sure how, or whatever. I would like to be able to approach some um, situations very differently. Even if you're sneaking into, you know, you sneak into a, into an encampment full of enemies, why can't you lay in a trap? Why can't you like sabotage something and run back out? It adds to the experimentation of stuff. You drop a bomb somewhere, or you move something. It's like, okay, now I can climb back up to that cliff. I can launch an arrow at that rock. I mean, sorry, that, that crate or whatever, that it's going to blow up, it's going to make a big mess for everyone involved. I, I like shit like that. Simon, what do you want? What do you want? Uh... They said
2: it was going to be darker, like it was going to be a dark game. Now, Majora's Mask, I think, is arguably the darkest Zelda has ever gotten. And I love it. I think Majora's Mask, tonally speaking, is one of the best games I've ever experienced. You did sell on me I a few you,
0: podcasts ago when you spoke about it. It is, it it's is fascinating. It's just
2: so good. Um, and I, I would like to see that. I would like to see that sort of implementation. I'd like to see the sense of inevitable doom that's hanging over you the whole time. I'm super curious to see how this is going to go. Like, I'm really, really, really excited for Breath of the Wild 2. Like, that trailer in and of itself, there's loads to pick apart and loads of really interesting stuff and stuff that harkens back to, again, previous games. And I'm super excited to see what they decide to do with it. But I just hope whatever they do, it's dark, it's ominous, maybe a bit creepy, and it just makes you feel... Almost a bit on edge. I just want that.
0: I want, it's going to start off, so Ganon's going to kidnap Link, and he's going to be tortured, so he plays Korok, goes to save him, and he wakes (laughs) him up, okay, and then Link opens eyes, and he speaks for the first time, he says, I'm going to kill Praxis. (laughs) Yeah! Okay, Okay? you Um, know Dark Link, who's already an established character, comes back, but it's also going to be Light Link. Because it's are going to be Jack 3 uh, at the same time. Nah, and you get a I go-kart so. for <laughs> <laughs> like, um, the sand.
2: And a flat-flat. The only other, I guess, sort of additional thing is I'd like to be able to play as Zelda, whether that's a co-op thing, or if you switch between the two I characters. Really like I thing. don't know. I don't care. But I would quite like to play as Zelda. I think that would be a really fun thing because I know she's not much of a fighter per se,
0: but I have a weird feeling that you'll only play as her. I think she's going to be the main character. I'd love it.
3: With the be interest.
2: Because I,
0: I, I mm-hmm. see this game being like a sequel, but also just like a flipping of, um, of Breath of the Wild on its head. It's going to be like the complete reverse. Like we're seeing the underside of Breath of the Wild. And I think it would be really, really cool if you play as her. The whole Can game. Well, <laughs> dumb. Is the same.
4: Can we talk about how dumb all those theories are where it's like Breath of the Wild 2 actually... All set underground. It's like, how does... what, no, what? How does that stink. work? <laughs> like, sorry. Yeah. So You can't see read, a horizon.
0: You've read that it's set underground. And back in the day, uh, you've read so that they were complaining it to Dark Souls. What are you reading?
4: Are you, are, you <laughs> are you serious? Are you serious? Do you remember when Breath of the Wild came out and everybody was like, it's Tony Hawk meets Dark but, Souls meets this? You know, this. hard drive articles that. aren't real. It's it's actually you a thing. You can't get a Mega64 yeah, for your news. <laughs> <laughs> um I not I find this is this is actually a thing people have been talking about like I don't know how involved you are with the Zelda scene Jesse but Got these it. are actual things the Zelda scene picks apart because that first trailer was set underground and flyers have said yeah. that it's set beneath Look, Hyrule Castle people are stretching I, that out to say that the entire I game takes place there
0: Fuck me I can <laughs> I you, can Simon. I can
2: absolutely corroborate Josh's story here seeing the amount of people Going oh, but what if it's all set underground? Oh, wouldn't that be really interesting? I was like, no, that would be kind of shit. Um, in in the Twitch chat, Scotsman also raised a very valid point that Twilight Princess, um, was quite a dark game as well. Oh, I uh, feel like tonally speaking,
4: I feel like aesthetically it was. I know there was kind of like the history of, um, Midness people and the rituals and stuff like that. But I feel like the actual yeah. game wasn't that dark. It was just kind of maybe the aesthetics looked very dark. It's a good point though. That's a good point. They're definitely well, the
2: two uh, I I think I think it's definitely a darker game so far as, as Zelda games concerned because I mean it starts off like the opening act you get knocked out all your mate, like all of your friends get fucking kidnapped and you try you get dragged into a completely different dimension
4: where you're forced into chains. Like that's a pretty fucking dark <laughs> opening. Yeah and then because <laughs> you're in the Twilight Realm you're interacting with the spirits of people who have deceased. It, yeah like you're interacting oh, man. Wait, why yeah, did I hear about this game. type of
0: shit from Zelda, like, about Zelda game It said I hear about this little blonde boy playing his little wind instrument?
1: Like, I want to hear it's about like, this <laughs> shit.
0: Like, I didn't know this happened. <laughs> I would have played this angsty bullshit back in the day. One of
2: my favourite things, um, some stupid Tumblr post, and it was like, Link must be the most terrifying force of nature to ever encounter. He is like some weird like cryptid hero. Like, there's legends about how powerful and how strong he is and then all of a sudden, you know, one day you're just there in your village and this weird little blonde boy comes gliding in on his shield, (laughs) smashes all the pots, screams, does a backflip and teleports away. You turn to your grandma and she's crying like she's just seen Jesus.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She's like, he visited me when I used to live in a pond. (laughs) 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 But,
2: like, Zelda games are goofy. They are fun and often very child friendly in the in the sense that like, cool you know, you, you, like, you won't
0: see You won't see you won't see blood
2: and guts and shit like that spewing everywhere. Um but it's always had a proper sense of adventure. And I feel like that is what Zelda is known for. That is what Zelda does best. And <clears throat> that is what I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah, but,
4: I think you're right. I think like, it would be kinda cool. Like I don't want the next Zelda. I don't want Breath of the Wild 2 to be grim, dark or edgy or anything. But like playing those games as a kid, like, you know, like Sculptulas. And like really freaked me out, oh, you know, and seeing that yeah, whole family. Just got
1: grabby, grabby hand men.
4: Those grabby oh, hand men. Like, oh, man. Maybe playing yeah, this some no, a bit those. more. Maybe that would help, you know, make like shake up the tone a bit. Because I feel like Breath of <laughs> the Wild was consistently, you know, this is bleak. Things are kind of yeah. beautiful. This is
2: bleak, but hey, look, isn't it all really pretty? Yeah. yeah it's pretty, I, even though it's kind of depressing. Well, let's
0: wrap it up there because I know we're going to have a lot more Zelda talk throughout this year, especially as we get hopefully more trails and more footage of uh, Breath of the Wild 2. But if you want to hear more of our podcasts and such, uh, we're on Spotify and iTunes, so jump over there, subscribe, leave us a review. While you're there, also check out a new show we've launched. We're going to have this monthly called Love Letters. Uh, hosted by moi Jesse Munro um, and I'll be interviewing <laughs> different content creators just in case they don't know me who knows who knows they may have just tuned in um, the, I'll be interviewing different content creators to find out you know why certain games hold a special place in their heart this week or last week I interviewed Lauren we spoke about Firewatch it was a very good time so go check that out tell us yeah. what you think um, like I said it's a new show so we're still developing it if you have any ideas or requests or whatever shout out uh, while you're on those podcasting platforms, also check out Fan Critical. Big thanks to them, as always. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, at Twitch, at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the good ones, uh, at Story Mode Oz. If you want to keep up to date with all the news and stuff that we're doing as well, storymodegaming.com. And if you want to chuck a couple of bucks our way for a bit of premium content from Fan Critical, we are on Patreon. Just search Fan Critical and... Uh, we'll Took a couple of bucks our way. But with all that said and done, that was a good time. Um, just want to thank everyone as well, every, all the listeners. 50 episodes. I honestly, when we started this, I didn't expect to do 50 episodes. I don't know. They're, they're very, it's a small thing, but yeah, very, very happy with it. So thanks to all the listeners, everyone support mm. supported us and uh, to, you, to you four lovely people.
2: And also thanks to Twitch chat for joining in and chatting to us and stuff. Yes. Yeah, come yeah. join us on Twitch. We're
0: going to be here on Sundays. Yes,
2: come and fo- follow us on Twitch. with are almost affiliates. Yeah, Check out the follow. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, so,
0: yeah, yeah. Lauren, Josh, Keelan, Simon, always a pleasure.
2: Thank you. so everyone.
1: Ooh, and
2: uh also Nintendo, if you're listening, create a fucking Legend of Zelda 3D All-Stars pack, you cowards. Hey, Nintendo, not Wind Waker
4: on the Switch. <laughs> hey,
0: Nintendo, if you're listening, oh. put a fucking story in your next for of the wild game, goddamn cowards. <laughs> that's, true. That's, yeah, true. that's right yeah, there we go. That's right That's right We'll start again <laughs> I don't give a shit uh. Alright Thanks for listening everyone We'll catch you Next week Or Throughout our Twitch episodes Throughout the week And stuff like that but, um, Bye Stay safe Bye Bye so Bye Kisses